broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on Midtown Business Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your afternoon again today. I'm really pleased to bring you uh, a guest that has some great information to share with uh, companies out there that are uh, in the manufacturing space or transportation industries, um, oil and gas, many, many companies out there that have large, high-value assets that, if they go offline for even an hour, uh, can have huge economic impacts on their business. Uh, and I'm joined in studio with Mario Montag, the CEO and founder or co-founder of a company called Predicto Analytics. So thanks for taking time out of your busy day today and joining me in studio today, Mario. Thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here. So we were talking a little bit before we went on the air today, a little bit about how you know you got started in the in the company and how it took its uh, genesis. So kind of share with the audience how Predicto came to be, and then we'll get into kind of what you do in your space. Absolutely. So I was running the master data management practice uh, for for the Oracle ecosystem uh, for North America for for a very large consulting company, and one of our clients um, who was implementing. Oracle EAM, EAM stands for Enterprise Asset Management. Um, they were implementing this you know, pretty large, uh, significant uh, ERP system or module, and they had a pipeline failure that was $23 million in one day, and they said, look, we have all this information about our pipeline from sensors and all kinds of data and maintenance history, and we don't think we're maximizing the use of, of, of our own data. So they reached out to Oracle and to us at the time and said, look, could you help us identify a business partner who has predictive analytics solutions <laughs> for uh, Oracle EAM? And, uh, you know, Oracle had 20,000 partners globally, and they said, huh, we have never had that request. We don't identify any partners who can do this stuff. And uh, by running the master data management practice at this consulting company, I said, well, I think this is a huge opportunity. I presented it uh, to leadership uh, team members of, of this consulting company. And they said, look, this is just not our sweet spot. I think this is a great opportunity, but just you know, not for us. This is a, a distraction. And I just couldn't sleep at night. It was just keeping me up. I, I, I realized that this was a huge opportunity. Uh, one of the largest um, players in the space was Smart Signal, and they had just been acquired by GE for a big chunk of change. <laughs> and, uh, and and just, you know, I, I found this huge gap. And and I said, well, why, why not, you know, start it? And uh, I had tried to do a couple of other startups uh, prior to that. Uh, but this was definitely one that had a, a huge opportunity, and uh, and I put a lot of uh, a lot of emphasis behind it. And yeah, it's it's been a good ride so far. That's a very cool story. I mean, you know how how fortunate is it that you know one of the key people that would be able to you know take advantage of this knowledge and and apply it in a space where, like you say, there was a huge gap of service providers. Obviously, nobody was taking care of it, and so you know. Walk us through a little bit about, you know, how it is that uh, Predicto is able to help its customers. Because from what I understand, my, you know, as I was kind of looking at the company and, and learning from the website and so forth, that many enterprises in that manufacturing and, you know, oil and gas and, and, and uh, transportation space, they have all kinds of sensors spread across the, their their enterprise from trains mm-hmm. to the rails to along a, uh, an assembly line, all of that, all these gadgets, you know, large and small, have some sort of data that it's sending out and recording someplace. And it's spread across sometimes an international company, mm-hmm. um, widely spread. And so, therefore, it's very difficult to 
have it draw a picture that's actually useful until it's too late. Something's offline and now we're, we're losing possibly seven figures by the hour. Um, you know, is that kind of online with, with what you're, what you're able to fix? Yeah, we, um, we're working with, uh, very large railroad companies, uh, very large steel manufacturing plants. Uh, we're starting to get busy in the power generation space as well. Um, and bottling companies, uh, you know, with a very large, well-known brand here in Atlanta, which I, I won't say, but I'm guessing you can figure that out. Um, and, and, and one of the largest, you know, transportation companies in the world as well. So a, a lot of interest and the, the theme is, is mostly the same, um, Equipment nowadays comes with a lot of sensors and generates a lot of information. Uh, and many times those sensors and, and, and the information that's generated is, is used to kind of provide a picture of what's going on with the equipment, what's going on with the plant, are, are things working okay now, and historically what has happened, right? But very few solutions are focused on saying what is going to happen with the equipment in the next three hours, 30 days, whatever it might be. So having that focused that's about the future and predicting what's going to happen uh, and using uh, technologies like you know machine learning algorithms and we've developed a you know what we call a predictive analytics engine mm -hmm. that's very sophisticated that allows us to ingest data from sensors in the equipment and also maintenance history um, we're able to provide a more actionable recommendation and that's key to us so that if i can tell you cw your car is going to break down uh, and I'm 95% sure that it's going to break down. You say, well, that's, that's pretty valuable. But if I tell you that it's going to break down in the next 30 seconds, well, that's not really valuable and that's meaningless. So our focus and our vision is to provide those you know, recommendations of a future warning or a future failure or something that our clients care about that is actionable. Uh, so that's that's pretty unique to us. So yeah, going after, you know, asset intensive industries where a downtime in their equipment is, is critical to the bottom line, sometimes even, you know, significant risks associated with accidents yeah. and other things. Yep. So we're, we're, we're having a, a, a pretty interesting ride. Um, it's great to be able to sit in front of huge organizations with a thousand or more people <laughs> in, in IT and yeah. they're saying, what's different about you guys? And we say, look, just give us a shot. Give us an opportunity of a business problem. And once we're able to, to show them what we can do, um, the next statement that comes out of their mouth is usually, well, this is amazing, but we don't believe you. I'm like, right. great, give us a chance and we'll show you. So yeah. that's that's usually how things are going. It's just pretty cutting edge, pretty you know, pretty um, new. So to be able to get predictive, are you, are you able to look, look at historical data and, and see where there was an event of some kind, you know, some high value asset went offline. And so then you were able to review that data over time and start to see a trend line along that data sensor for lack of a better or collection of sensors. But you're able to see, uh, you're almost able to begin to predict the earthquake, so to speak, because you see that leading up to this particular type of equipment failure, we started to see this kind of data chatter compiling together. And then all of a sudden, boom, we had that. And so now when we start to see these trends, we can we can point that together, but the, the value that you bring is being able to pull those data points that are kind of widely spread out and maybe a bunch of different eyes are looking at them. So the guy over in Pittsburgh doesn't necessarily know what's happening in Tampa. Is that kind yeah, of what you're that's, talking that's, about? Uh, that's, 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 that's very close. So um, yes, today there are a lot of solutions out there um, that say, uh, hey, look, we're noticing that the temperature in the pump is rising or the vibration is rising. 
we're predicting that something is going to happen. That is uh, normal thresholds when certain degree is, is, is hit. Uh, an alarm goes off and people are reacting to the fact that it's getting hot, guys. Let's send <laughs> right, somebody right. out to check it out. Um, that is, is, is not what we do. What we do is it may feel like that, but we're able to consolidate so much more data from weather and external weather components to who is the human who lasted maintenance on this machine to who is the operator on the machine itself to how often has maintenance been done and what kind of maintenance has been done. And yes, all of the data from the sensors themselves that do tell you temperatures rising, vibration is changing, but we're able to correlate that in a very sophisticated pre-built machine learning algorithm and provide a warning way in advance from what the human can see right. that, that, you know, temperature rise. And that's what I was going to say is you're probably able to keep the warning light from coming on. That's right. You're able to say, we're on track here for a failure. Yes, we're not getting the, the bells and whistles going off, but by the time the bells and whistles are beginning to go off, I would assume that there's probably been some measure of damage done or, you know, potentially done to a piece of equipment. Once a warning light has been hit, you're probably in a pretty risky spot at that point. That's right. And you may not have the right parts. You may not have planned your maintenance in the next few days in order to accommodate that kind of, of, of maintenance or, or additional work that might be needed. Um, you might be, you know, expecting a huge order starting next week when downtime is going to be really painful. So you might be able to be more proactive and you can shift your, your weeks, your days around in order to minimize the potential impact of that. You know, in the case of you know railroads, we're working with um, two of the largest railroads in North America. Um, one of them is is you know is we're providing warnings every Monday morning that these pieces of equipment are going to fail in the next week. So for them, a one week horizon on these pieces of equipment that are going to fail are perfect because they can deploy a technician on a pickup truck to go to the middle of mosquito country somewhere where this acid might be installed in the middle of the railroad track right. and do something preventing a train from from stopping unnecessarily. Right. So that's kind of an example of of a use case. Well, the, obviously the impacts of that uh, are widespread. I mean, you know, we watched uh, in the news uh, how long ago, um, sometime in the last 18 months, the, the big train uh, event that happened, I think it was in Canada, where some cars, something failed, and obviously it was a huge catastrophic event. So to be able to impact something like that for a, for a company, I can only imagine what level of financial exposure that you're able to save a company um, you know, millions or billions of dollars of exposure to be able to prevent, you know, or, or even looking into, um, you know, situations like the BP event, for example. Mm -hmm. I, I assume that, you know, because you interface with oil and gas that on some level you can even start to help with some of those types of events from you know, occurring. Is that, is that if, accurate? If based on our understanding of some of the events that took place before the massive um, catastrophe, uh, in the Gulf Coast, um, yes, predictive analytics could have been able to identify um, a problem and an increased risk with some pieces of equipment and enable somebody to escalate even further that says, hey, we need to, we need to go do something. But um, yeah, our, our, our customers are, are finding that just the ROI based on our uh, ability to predict and for them to be able to act and prevent the uh, manufacturing plant from being down or a, piece, a, a, a train from stopping unnecessarily – uh, the ROIs in the two to three months, when you bring in the potential uh, reduction in a massive 
explosion from a ra- you know railroad derailment with oil tankers or something massive happening in a in, in pipeline or something. <laughs> it's hard to measure. You're talking right. ROIs maybe measured in in, in days. Right. right? Um, but but yeah, it's 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 pretty significant. And those organizations, those industries that are very focused on safety, and you can't imagine how focused safety in oil and gas um, are. They start every meeting with a five minute safety briefing. Every single meeting, you might have 10 meetings in a day, you're having 10 safety briefing sessions. They're just so conscious around safety that anything that can help them be more safe and run their operations better is 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 always you know in high demand. So when a client uh, links up with Predicto Analytics, um, and we've been talking with Mario Montag, CEO of Predicto Analytics along the way here, uh, when they interface with you, do you kind of become a certain sort of an outside member of their team on an ongoing basis or is it kind of a project kind of relationship how does it tend to flow once they interface with you you kind of have an ongoing established role with the company or, or do you at some point hand off that type of analysis to their own teams or how does that flow yeah that, that's a great question so um, we have a platform a, a technology platform that enables us to ingest data pro- transform that data pass it through our predictive analytics engine and and return an actionable output. That could be in the form of a CSV file or a dashboard or whatever it is. But we don't start the conversations talking about the technology. I came from a world where I was implementing large software, very expensive, with very large consulting engagements you know, for 18 months or two years, costing millions of dollars. And unfortunately, in the space that I was in, very few times were these projects significantly impacting the bottom line of our customers. So I came from a world where ROI analysis on IT initiatives was sometimes ignored because they thought it was useless. I hated that. So part of our engagement with our customers is to start the conversation and saying, well, what problem do you have? What piece of equipment or what asset class is costing you a lot, is giving you a lot of headaches? And let's elaborate on that. Then we say, well, what data do you have about it? We pass that and we configure our platform and it goes through our predictive analytics engine and we show them what we can predict and how actionable that is. And that's a pretty fast exercise for us. Um, at that time, like I said before, clients don't usually believe us. Right. And they say, all right, well, let's give this a try. We enable the platform. It's on the cloud. They send us data once an hour, once a day, once a week, depending on the use case. And we're able to provide these predictions on a regular basis. They sometimes ignore us for the first 30 or 60 days <laughs> to see if, hey, right. predict those saying yep. this is going to break down. Right. All eyes on, on, on the piece of equipment. And That's if it breaks down a couple of times, we're like, hey, you know what? This is this is good. Let's, let's stop ignoring them. Yeah. And, and we do stay somewhat engaged once we're live. Uh, it is a hosted solution on the cloud. But our clients just do not have the sophisticated, deep level of expertise as it relates to machine learning in order to you know, make sure these things are operational and working well f- over the next six months or 18 months. So we stay engaged. Once a quarter, we go in, we tweak the models, making sure things are okay. We provide support. Uh, it is a you know, software-as-a-service model, um, and, and we charge on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And, and on, we're not just selling software once and walking away right. because we feel that the success rate on those engagements are significantly lower. And we want to be connected to our clients' success. Right. Uh, so when you talk about machine learning, tell me a little bit about that. You know, it's not rise of the machines and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're saying that your application has the ability to, to 
use algorithms to learn trends and then use those trends, I guess, historical data and so forth to then evaluate this has a high risk of, of failure. Is that, is That's that, right. Yeah. So any machine learning statistical method requires historical data to learn from that. How much do you need? Depends. Depends on the client. We've done stuff with clients with three months of data. Others, they have sent us about a year of data. Um, it just depends on how often the event happens. If you have, if you if you call us today and you say, "Hey, Predicto, we have this piece of equipment. It has failed once in the last fifteen years. Can you predict when it's going to fail again?" Well, no, no, nothing can do that. But perhaps there are many different uh, micro failures or other things that happen with that piece of equipment that happen often that are indicators that something really wrong may be happening. Then we can predict that, right? So we usually look for about thirty events in the data set. For some clients, that can be 30 events happen every month, and a month of data is enough. For others, it might be a year, sometimes two. Most of our clients, that data is just sitting there collecting dust, and uh, we like to revive it and turn it into something incredibly useful. So why just high-value, big big things? Why not you know smaller pieces of equipment? We are talking to companies who make equipment, like Snyder Electric, ITT Gold, uh, GE, and others, and, and, and and they're saying, look, we, we, have, we make a lot of stuff. Our stuff comes out of the factory with sensors. Um, we don't necessarily have the capabilities to offer our clients a remote predictive analytic solution for our own equipment. So we're in conversations with very large OEM manufacturers to offer a white-labeled solution of our platform so that they can offer to their clients a predictive analytic solution on stuff, on equipment. So you know, we can go as low as you know, certain pumps that might cost you know, $20,000, um, and, and they might have, you know, a hundred of those in, in a specific plant. Um, so the platform could be leveraged for all of those pumps with just one simple configuration, right? So, yeah, we're, we're starting to go smaller. Um, but obviously the ROI, the interesting stories, is when you can predict something that has a significant impact to operations. Well, can you share an example or two of, of the times that you've been able to, you know, save significant revenue or uh, thwart an event that obviously was, you know, valuable both in public safety or, mm -hmm. or, or uh, you know, risk of cost to, to one of your clients? Yeah, so we're working with a very large um, railroad company, one of the largest in, in, in North America. Um, there's really seven companies that are class ones. That's the classification for the largest railroads. Um, so one of those said, we have these uh, devices called hot box detectors. And what they do is they measure the wheel bearing temperature on every axle that goes over these little boxes. This particular client had 800 of these boxes, costing about $200,000 each. So that gives you an idea of the magnitude. They have 100 people doing maintenance uh, throughout their entire network just on these devices. It's a big deal. Wow. By law, they have to go out and, and do maintenance every 30 days. And these things are still causing a significant number of railroads uh, or trains to be stopped. And what that means is the box has stopped working perfectly. And this little box is telling the conductor of the train, something's wrong with your train. Stop it. This car, this axle, the wheel bearing is running hot. The person gets out, does a measurement, doesn't find a problem. Right. The mechanical group within the railroad says to the guys maintaining the boxes, hey, you're constantly, your boxes are stopping trains all the time. My mechanics aren't finding anything wrong with them. There's this finger pointing. We're seeing that at every major railroad. Um, that's actually one of the main drivers for, 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 for clients <laughs> signing up to stop the finger pointing. Yeah. Um, and then the impact that we've had 
is uh, so you know we've we've been live and uh, it's been about a million and a half dollar impact just in the first three months. Wow. Um, they ignored us for a little bit, so there's a lot of raw concrete figures. So they tested they, you. Yeah, they definitely tested us, and it's been a pretty significant uh, transformational project within the railroad. And they're saying, you know, wow, this this could change the way we we yeah. do maintenance on, on our equipment. So that's just an example of one um, that is uh, it's, it's it's early, but it's you know it's been a, a nice success. You know, and I saw the, one of the, uh, the case studies that you mentioned on the video on your website, which was a great video, by the way, um, but uh, that it talked about a steel plant, mm-hmm. for example, that with 90% accuracy, you're able to pre- pre- predict as many as half of their events and saving them $3 million. Yeah, so... Uh, that makes the shareholders pretty happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a, a company, it's a $90 billion giant. Um, they lose about a billion dollars a year. Uh, so that gives you an idea of the magnitude of this this company. Amazing. Yeah, uh, your losses of a billion, right? Right. Many companies wish they had. Revenues you just kind of build of, it in that that's going to be an expense. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Um, and they have a uh, hundred plants in sixty countries. A very very large uh, ArcelorMittal is the name of the company. And they said, look, you know, let's start with this one plant in Germany. We have uh, about twenty two million dollars in delays uh, in this one plant alone. Right? Could you help us predict when we're going to have a delay so that we can be proactive and prevent this from, from happening? So we, um, they had about 40 different delay classifications. So whenever they had a failure, they would classify them into you know, 40 different categories. And uh, we only started you know, focusing on four, the, the big painful four that they had. And uh, yeah, our predictive analytics engine is able to predict with about 90, 91% accuracy um, where in the plant the delay is going to happen, when it's going to happen, and the type of delay that it is. And for them, the prediction window is about a two-hour window, Okay. which is which is great, right? A two-hour window on a railroad side won't do anything. Right. But for them, since everything is centralized, it's one plant, the entire team is there, um, they're able to send and do an inspection while the, the, the steel is, is running or sometimes even shut off the plant. Um, and, and do a deep dive and find out what's happening. And shutting that off uh, maybe it may have an impact of, of less than an hour versus having an unexpected you know, failure and delay that could impact them for a whole day. Right. So that's a very interesting story. Um, we, we sold it to headquarters in Luxembourg. Uh, it took a long time for you know, Luxembourg to decide if, if they should be signing the statement of work or Germany. You know, <laughs> these big organizations just move right. a lot slower. Uh, but we have been navigating that successfully. And uh, there's a lot of eyes on, on this, this, uh, this project that, that kicked off in Germany. So that, that should be a, a huge opportunity for us to expand uh, to the rest of the plants in the yeah. next year. Relatively, relatively new in the space. Um, how big is the market for you? Who, who needs you? That is a really difficult question to answer because um, we are like a kid in a candy store. There are so many opportunities um, in, in pipeline, oil and gas, in water treatment facilities, in uh, transportation, steel, rail, um, that we can't go after them all. <laughs> so we have to focus, yeah. right? We have to focus. Um, we're, we're closing on our first you know, invest seed round uh, from, from investors. You know, they're putting a lot of pressure on us to focus, but they're even struggling as well because they're saying, yeah, we're telling you to focus, but you guys can, can go into a brand new area and, and solve a problem. We were working with a Saudi Arabia power plant, and they gave us some, some data related to uh, an air-cooled condenser and how that was impacting the, the, the life of these turbine blades. And it took us three days to, 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 to show them significant value, right? So the investors are like, oh, my God, like, 
right. should should they be that focused, right? Yeah. So we're struggling with that. Uh, if we just developed about eight modules or solutions in rail alone, um, there's 550 railroads in North America, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's a $2.8 billion opportunity. If we just did seven use cases, seven solutions or modules uh, in rail alone. So it's, it's a huge market. Um, we're, we're talking to some big boys. Uh, so, yeah, you know. We'll see how, how interested it looks in about 12 months. And so. so who are you going up against? I mean, because obviously when, when Predicto Analytics stepped into being, there really wasn't anybody doing it. So I would imagine people are paying attention, probably trying to jump in. Who, who are you going up against now? So obviously now that we're really into it, you start identifying you know competitors, right? Um, we didn't find anybody doing it in the Oracle EAM space. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in that space still. Uh, but sure, there are a couple of competitors. One of our biggest competitors got acquired last week uh, by Schneider Electric. So one less player in the space. Uh, a lot of consolidation is happening. Um, so yeah, there's there's a couple of, 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 of you know companies in North America, uh, all of them with less than $15 million in revenue each. So they're still relatively small. Right. Um, a couple of others are popping up here and there. Uh, the ones that come up with a solution that says, here is my sensor, and this sensor gets installed on your equipment, and we provide the analytics, we're not f- treating those guys as direct competitors because that sensor might be very specific to one type of equipment, and, and that's what they do. So the more platform uh, solutions, kind of industry agnostic, there's a couple of players. We're actually pretty close to, to one of those guys, so we know exactly kind of what space they're in and how they measure, message. Um, but it's still a relatively uh, untapped market. Mm. The big players like Siemens, GE, and others are going after it, but we're able to move pretty pretty fast. Right. So I think we have a great opportunity to make a significant impact in the next three to five years, and uh, a likely acquisition would be happening. Why Predicto Analytics over some of those other options that are out there? Yeah, I think uh, our focus in, 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 in going back to the focus question uh, – some of those guys are not doing anything in steel, in railroad, in transportation. Uh, they're heavier in the oil and gas and water treatment space, uh, are further ahead than we are. So I think just the um, conversations that we're having with some of our clients, they, they really like to buy from people who understand their business, these asset-heavy industries. The railroad industry is a very small town, small family kind of feel to right. it. Uh, if, if you burn somebody once, you're pretty much out of the industry. Yep. Um, so the, the fact that we've, we're making you know, some, some really good traction in that, in that industry uh, creates a barrier to entry for others as yes. well. So yeah, I think it's kind of the, the focus. There's just, it's, it's such a um, huge opportunity. Uh, kind of people just realize there's fish in the ocean and people are just going after it. And if you pick a corner of the beach you know, or, 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 or the sea, you're, you're just going to be fine yeah. uh, to be able to scale and grow. Yeah, we'll never be able to drink at all, obviously, in, in, yeah. in spite of how badly we want to. And I know that um, on the website, it, it talks about predict, prevent, and perform. Talk about perform before we have to jump off. Yeah, we are so laser focused on helping our clients move the needle. We actually do not engage uh, in selling our platform to a customer. If we have not fully documented what the pain costs them, what they're trying to do about improving their performance, and saying, this is what we're aiming to do for you in order for you to improve the, your, your asset reliability, overall operational performance. So that performance side of, of our, um, you can call it messaging, vision, sales cycle, is pretty critical. Um, we were talking to a client who said, look, we actually don't have um, you know, any operational performance pains. Uh, our, our problem is that we just have a lot of data. I'm like, well, having data is not a problem. It's not a, you know, a business problem. 
uh, we want to talk about the business problem. What downtimes are you having? And what does that mean to your business if we can reduce that by 20, 30, 50%? So for us, the perform side of the predict, prevent, perform is critical. We want to stay engaged with our customers. We, you know, our fees are monthly recurring revenue component to make sure we're still adding value 18 mm-hmm. months from now. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not, we want to do something about it. It sounds like your interactions are much like it is with us here through our medium, and that is when you sit down with an entity, an enterprise that that has the the type of assets that you can focus on with your solutions, that when you're sitting down with the customer who needs you, it's really self-evident. It, it sounds like it just kind of leaps off the page that this is the case, and this makes total sense. Yeah, I will say we run into two types of customers. The customers who have tried to do this internally and failed or hired somebody and, and, and just were, were not able to be successful. Yep. It takes some some significant deep expertise and in, 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 in we have team members that are mechanical engineers and data scientists. So that mix uh, is, is key. And those guys are literally signing a statement of work in, on the third call or third meeting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it moves very fast, which for enterprise sales, that's yeah. very unusual. Yep. And then you have the other clients who say, yeah, I have a problem, but nobody else around me is using this. You may not have an exact use case of one of my competitors. This sounds really interesting. Let's talk to my head of maintenance and what is he doing about it? And, and that, you know, kind of bottoms up sales cycle is a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're making traction and, you know, people, the, the more use cases and success stories that we have, the easier it's getting to, sure. to close new business. Is there any kind of a prove it period? Uh, we charge a flat fee, uh, usually a nine week uh, project, I guess you can call it, to show the value of what we can do. Mm-hmm. And once people, uh, clients, uh, customers sign up, um, we give them like a 90-day out. Right. Meaning if you're not happy with what we're doing for you, right. you can cancel with 90-day notice. Yep. You know, and, and, and that is, 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 is trying to align ourselves to our customers' success. Well, it's obvious when a, when a company provides that sort of situation, uh, when they eliminate risk, you know, I'm not going to tie you in for a year or three years, whatever it is. And now you're going to be gritting your teeth every time you sign a check for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's nice to hear that you're, you're, you're standing behind your solution strongly enough that they're able to come in just long enough to understand, okay, I have real value on we go. Um, and so, you know, it makes sense then to get engaged with you. And, and so I'm really pleased to be able to, you know, sit down with you today, Mario, and be able to help you tell your story uh, and introduce you to the community. Before we jump off today, do you have any final thoughts to, to share with the listener, whether it's a potential client or uh, folks out there in the community that uh, they would need to know about you? Um, no, first of all, thanks for the opportunity of, of letting us uh, tell our story here. Um, I, I, would, I would encourage any decision maker at a large organization, uh, let it be one that we target, asset intensive industries or not, I would really encourage them to uh, explore what's out there in the you know startup community from companies developing new devices or new solutions that can significantly impact the way you run your operations. Uh, and I would encourage those organizations to, to give it a try. You know, just because we're, we're, we're small and we haven't been around for 15 years and, um, you know, we don't have 250 people on our LinkedIn page. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, right. Does it mean that we can't, you know, have an impact yep. and align ourselves? And what's amazing is, at least in the Atlanta community, uh, through ATDC, which we're a select uh, company, um, and in other organizations, uh, it's great to see the Fortune 50s, Fortune 100s coming out to these uh, disruptive centers uh, like Hippopotamus or ATV and, and ATDC and saying, hey, look, we're a huge giant. 
we cannot innovate that fast. What's available there uh, for us to be able to tap into? And um, through the Industry Connect program at ATDC and Georgia Tech, it's been an amazing opportunity where they keep introducing us to very large organizations, and they're making it easy for them to to give you know the little guys a shot and see what we can do. So uh, I, I, I my shout out to everybody who's in in the community um, working to to disrupt and make a make a difference, make a dent, and for those people in the large organizations that you know can 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 change um, the outcome of, of a perhaps a small or big problem within the organization and also change the success uh, rate of, of a small startup trying to you know do something important right so well through my interaction here with the Midtown business radio show I've been able to you know begin to discover just how much of a a thriving tech market that we have in Atlanta. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's not got the national reputation of, say, in Austin or one of those types of places, but I'm getting the sense that both in the healthcare sector as well as general technologies, I mean, there's some serious companies doing some serious things here. Um, and so I'm certainly pleased to uh, bring one of you uh, into the, the community's eye through our show. Um, I know you're online, so can you share your website and where you are on social media? Uh, sure. Predicto.com, P R E. D-I-K-T-O, Predicto.com. On Twitter, Predicto LLC. And uh, we have a blog. We have, you know, a, a bunch of other stuff to stay active through social media. Um, and, yeah, I, I welcome anybody to reach out with uh, advice, help, questions, interest in, in what we're doing at Predicto. Uh, we're, we're pretty active out there um, trying to get the word out. Well, thanks for taking time again out of your busy day today, Mario. Uh, thanks, everybody, for making Midtown Business Radio Show a part of your afternoon. We'll be back same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.